Nerds at the Cool Table, episode 49, take two, because we have, we've had way too many technical problems, uh, <laughs> the, the, like the last episode, but we're finally, hopefully, figuring it out. Um, guys, yeah, guys how's we, it? T- we turn 50 next, next episode. That's yeah, crazy. we do. That's going to be insane. 50 episodes. I mean, we've technically done 50 episodes, but like yeah. officially. Don't, don't, we- don't rob us of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh what's going on guys what's been up since the last time we had an impromptu chat i feel like we've kind of been moving along with our lives despite Man. the circumstances um yeah you know it's still still quarantined um it's uh i don't know how to say you kind of got used to it now like in a sense, but really yeah. start to miss people, like random pop-ins to like, mm. you really start to regret the nights where you were just like, oh, I'm going to go out, and then you just go to sleep, and you're just like, yeah. no, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now you like long for that shit, but yeah. I don't know. Otherwise, you staying busy. I'm not watching too much TV, though. Yeah, Man, I, I've kind of fell out of the same thing. I, I don't know if it's a if it's a, like a disdain that's building up for content in general or how I'm receiving it, but it takes a lot for me to sit down and watch TV or to watch a movie or to watch a show. Like I've something about how I started the lockdown with so much entertainment that just completely turned me off to it. I feel like, you know, when you eat till you get sick and then you can't eat that food anymore. Like that's how I feel about television at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you been watching a lot of TV still, Julian? Nah, not not since uh, a couple of my shows have ended. I think the only thing I've been watching is uh, Star Wars Rebels. I just randomly just started mm-hmm. watching that. That's about it. Did you eventually finish Clone Wars? That because I know that it's supposed to connect. Yeah, that's why. That's why I started watching Rebels because I finished Clone Wars. Okay. But uh. Other than that, I haven't watched any random TV. I'll, I'll watch a movie before, like, I go to sleep or something. Like, I, I rewatched uh, uh, the Back to the Future. Hey, same. T- same. I did the same thing. Yeah, I rewatched yeah. those. Uh, but other than that, no, that's about it. I've been playing video games. This, this, I'm on my video game thing right now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what video games you're playing? <laughs> share, share with the class. <laughs> and uh, Smash Brothers. Okay. Okay, Smash Brothers. I watched uh, The Matrix one a while ago, a few days ago. That was a really. Uh, it's very different watching that as an adult. It holds up, right? It holds up incredibly. That's a twenty-one-year-old yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I started watching Dave based on uh, Julian's glowing reviews, and I finished it and. Julian's a liar. Yeah, big time. That 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 last episode, season two, baby, season two. Let's go. Like I'm excited for season two because I honestly, I'm more. I feel like I'm more invested in his relate the storyline of his relationship with his girlfriend than his than his trajectory as a rapper. So like the way I think it was episode, I forgot how many episodes, but it was the second to last episode where they were at that wedding. I really liked how that ended because it really opened up so many possibilities for season two. More so than the last episode. Definitely the strongest episode was the uh, the girlfriend episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was my favorite episode. One of my favorite episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Julian just oversold it. I feel like if he was like, oh, you should check out Dave, it's good. No, I didn't oversold it. It's good. I didn't oversold it. It's great. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not. It's, it's, it's not amazing. It's amazing. Amazing show. It's a good Bravo. show. It's a good show. <laughs> I mean, it Bravo. does. The thing I did appreciate about it, and as somebody like me who's been in situations with like musicians and rappers and I've been in the studio, that hilarious awkwardness of not knowing. I could hang, but I was just like, well, how do I act kind of thing? So I thought yeah, that yeah. was a really funny sort of commentary on like, how do I act in the studio type shit, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did. Appre- I mean, I can appreciate for what it is that he did have a show, but it didn't blow me away as like I thought it was going to blow me away. No, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so speaking of movies, speaking of things that we've been rewatching, because I feel like it being the, the the quarantine or this lockdown, like because there's not a lot of happening at the same time, we're all kind of off on our own trajectory, sort of watching our own things at our own pace, um, which I, which is a little liberating. Cause I don't feel like I got to catch up on anything before we like mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, I feel like these next couple of topics we do over the next couple of weeks aren't really like time sensitive, like a lot of the topics that we've had. And so um, we voted on it. And the first topic we're going to tackle in the next couple of weeks is um, a top five of a very, very prolific and legendary actor. Uh, I mean, we did we did one months ago for Keanu, and we figured this is a good series to do. And so mm-hmm. for this one, we're doing our top five Denzel Washington films. And I'm sure yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah. the great thing about this, and I feel like with these kind of with this series is that like um, because these actors have such a big body of work our favorites will vary a lot. So um, I'm sure all you guys kind of like did your research and sort of have your own choices that might differ from the other. Um, So the, the breakdown is going to go as usual. We each give our like from five to one and we have our, our wild card. So let's start with Jason. Since you were the first one on the chat. (laughs) Number five. Number five for Jason. Yes. It was a uh, flight, man. Whit- Whitaker, like, come on, dog. He, he turned the plane up, uh, upside down, and and <laughs> man's was turning up the entire film. Like, <laughs> he took no breaks. He was like, it was like he was in Vegas the entire <laughs> film, and I was like, shit. And just the, I mean, he gives so much character to Whit- Whitaker, man. Like, so much to him in that film when you just and you kind of like you you knew he was a fuck up but you kind of wanted him to win in the end yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I felt really and it kind of fucks with you and like, that's that's good acting when when you root for a person who you kind of don't need to be rooting for he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been you know smacked in the first place but I don't I mean the stewardess was fine I'm not going to blame him but um, <laughs> that's number that's number five for me yeah, he was. It was like textbook functioning alcoholic. Like he was For like sure. brill- brilliant, but it was just like he was just way, way in the deep end with that. But he, yeah, I agree with you. That was like one of. His, I feel like it's one of his most. It's almost like it's one of his characters that I go back to. That you're like, I feel like I've seen this character of Denzel before, but I feel mm-hmm. like he perfected it in this movie. Like this, like hot mess like professional who knows what he's doing but he's just like his personal life is in fucking shambles but yeah. this was the one where it was just so dialed in that it was just like 
he, like you said, he wanted him to win, you know? Yep, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever actually finished that movie, so can't join in on that one, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, Yusef, what's your number five? Uh, I think for number five, I'm going to go... I'm just trying to think of the order. Um, I'm going to go... Malcolm X for number five. Very uh, good choice. I think it was, it was one of the best portrayed. I mean, he's been portrayed so many times, but I think the arc of Detroit Red all the way up, I think that was very, very well done. I think it's a good movie that really gives you a tone of of that era and what was going on in that time. It's it's rare for like a historical film to be as entertaining as it is correct, and so mm-hmm. I think he he bodied that. That movie is like, I feel like I, I didn't, I saw it way too young. Like my dad, I remember watch my, I remember my dad watching it and me like sitting there not knowing what was happening, but that movie, it's still one of those that I'm like, I feel like I, I haven't finished. I honestly started reading the autobiography of Malcolm X like months ago and I still haven't finished it, but I'm like, I don't want to rewatch that movie until I've properly finished the autobiography. Sure. You know what I mean? Just to really take it all in. But I always go back to the ending scene of how they mm. shot, like how, how it even like looks and how it shots and like this dreamlike quality that Spike did, you know, mm-hmm. when like, it, it was just, it was just like a fantastic portrayal. And I don't, like I said, like you said, like you, when you think of the adaptation of Malcolm X, you think of Denzel, you know? Yep. So good choice on that one. Thanks, Blair. Um, Julian, what's your number five? Uh, my number five uh, Denzel movie is American Gangster. Um, nice. I, I always like when actors flip and do something different that they haven't done. And mm-hmm. I, this will come later on as I go through my list. But when I like when people who are used to being the good guy ends up playing a villain type character. For so sure. um, I, I really like Denzel in that movie. So, yeah, that's mainly why that's number five. I mean, and it was an amazing JV soundtrack. So yeah. sure. Yeah. That's like another that's like another movie soundtrack that I feel like it was equal to the actual movie that it was, you know, kind of for. Yeah. I mean American Gangster. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, good choice. Um, so my number five is the movie The Hurricane. Um, where Denzel plays uh, the boxer, Reuben Carter. And that movie, I remember seeing it in the theaters. And it's like, you know, the music, like the song that, you know, Bob Dylan did and like everything, like this movie is just such a good... I mean, I feel like Denzel's portrayed a lot of historical figures in his career. And I feel like this is one that really stands out to me um, because it was a story... At least for me, when I watched it, I didn't know the story. I know a lot of older generations knew the story of Reuben Carter and stuff, but yep. it was just such a revelation to me um, at such a young age. And it's still like, you know, I love watching it. I remember exactly how I was feeling when I first watched it anytime I do watch it. So that's my number five Denzel movie. And he, nice. he's great as a boxer in it. Like he, I love when actors sort of like reshape their body to sort of like play the character you know mm-hmm. and he did so he looks great as a boxer in this movie so yeah that's my that's my number five right on solid 
Cool. All right, Jason, what's uh, your number four? Uh, number four is a coach, uh, coach uh, Herman Boone. Remember the Titans. Um, nice. Being the lone athlete. Um, well, at least the guy went to fucking college football. That was a huge. That was always a. Watching it now, I'm like, ooh, the tackling was. <laughs> piss poor, man. It's just like, but I get yeah. movie. But one of my favorite tweets ever. I forgot who who tweeted it, but this guy said. Women can love Ryan Gosling for uh, as much as they want, but don't forget he was an absolute liability at cornerback. And that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was great as Coach Herman Boone. I loved uh, it's you know it's a quintessential Denzel strong, powerful role, and for sure. he came from behind racism and still had the perfect season, and you know had the endearing thing, brought the races together and shit. You know, he, yeah, you're happy, you're happy Denzel movie, which is. For sure, whole, it, it, of, the, the of, inspiring Denzel t- movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of budding talent in that movie that went on to do great things. Oh, goodness, yeah, man. Yeah, there's like Wood Harrison there. There's, yeah. uh, I mean, anytime you got Wood Harrison in the movie, you already locate that. Yeah, <laughs> bro, does this, does this thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's number four for me. Okay. Nice, great choice. Yusef, what's your number four? My number four is a classic Spike Lee joint, Mo Better Blues. Uh, I nice. love this film. Um, I think the themes that come up are very central to my life when it comes to career versus personal life versus friendship versus loyalty. Um, it's like quintessential Spike Lee, how it's shot, all those like hand cami follow moments. Um, the coloring is incredible. It has so much talent. Wesley Snipes. Giancarlo Esposito. Um, uh, speaking of giving people their flowers, like one of the most underrated comics, Robin Harris, um, in there. Um, so yeah, that's that's an all around incredible film um, that I think doesn't get a lot of shine. Absolutely, very well, good choice. Yeah, more. I might I might actually put that on tonight. That's a good film. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say I, I haven't <laughs> seen it in ages. Yeah, or that's what Saturday Night Rewatch right there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, Julian, uh, what's your number four? <laughs> number four for me, uh, speaking of movies that don't get a lot of shine, uh, Deja Vu. I always like a good time traveling movie. Yeah. Yeah. Great, very great choice. I think that is probably one of the, one, one of the, uh, one of my favorite time traveling movies aside from Back to the Future and a couple others. Uh, but, I thought that was a really creative way to do time travel. And, you know, Paula Patton's in the movie and, mm-hmm. you know, that's always a good thing. <laughs> that, would, that would be a good theme to do, like, top five time travel movies. Writing that down. That's a very good choice. That, that's definitely a future topic. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's my number four. That is a, That was a really – I want to, like, jump into that a little bit. Like, that was such a unique – and I feel like the good time travel movies are the ones that – try to do something different with it. And instead of just having like a vehicle that goes back in time, the way they did that was so unique. And I'm just like, who would have thought like a fucking machine, like it's a thing that you see. I I don't know. It was just so well done Mm -hmm. and and unique and how they did that. So yeah, I feel like it's definitely an underrated time. I I know you guys said there's no Denzel, but I'm pretty sure that movie's on Netflix or Hulu. It's on one. I I was just, I was just watching it. So it's definitely on one of those. Okay. Definitely, that's another we watch for the future. Great, great movie, great movie. David, um, 
So my number four, uh, we actually already said it. It's American Gangster. Uh, I think it's, uh, I consider it an underrated Ridley Scott movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, you know, Denzel obviously got, is the, you know, pretty much the one that overshadows this movie because he's such, you know, Frank Lucas is such a big character, but Ridley Scott did such a, like watching it now, cause it came out in 07, watching it now almost feels like a pilot for a Netflix movie or an HBO series that hasn't happened. And I almost feel like that's definitely, I know that I think Epic's did a sequel series for this or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. um, which I have, which I haven't even started watching, but this feels like one of like, if this was would have been made maybe ten years later, it would have definitely been a Netflix series. Um, for sure, you know what I mean—a ten episode Netflix series that would be going for like five seasons or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's actually it's, it's um, subdued bad guy Denzel. You know, I feel like there's a lot of Denzel like archetypes, and this is like subdued bad guy Denzel that he will bring you groceries, but then shoot you in the fucking head on the middle of the street, kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and so I think he portrayed Frank Lucas so well in that that it uh you know it's it's one of his iconic roles you know his his like two thousands era kind of like roles that you know so yeah that's for my sure. number four that's my number four all right. all right so number three Jason what's your number three Denzel film number three for me was Malcolm X because you know it was my dad was my dad was actually he knew him so he was like. Your dad knew Malcolm X? Yeah. My dad used to be fruit of Islam. So my dad was um, security detail for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad starting out. That's how he got started with Muhammad Ali. Okay. So I have like a pretty good knowledge about the FOI and and that that type of. And so the way he portrayed it, like all the way through, my dad was like, that's pretty damn accurate. And I always kind of thought, you know, just kind of. That household where Malcolm X is one of the biggest pitchers in your house, like mm-hmm. it was Malcolm and Martin, you know, black households. That's just one of the two, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was probably in the middle of them, which is always just so amazing. Um, but yeah, I, that's I, amazing. That, that that's an amazing anecdote about your dad. I didn't oh, know that. For sure. That's crazy. Yeah, I got I got I got some photos of him just suited up in the whole the whole joint with uh, Elijah Muhammad. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. yeah. Uh, man, yeah, I can't wait! For, can't wait for that doc. Man, yeah, man, yes, <laughs> coming, coming. But yeah, it's number three. Um, amazing, amazing. Uh, Yusuf, what's your number three? My number three is already been said. Remember the Titans. Uh, I think that I, I think the formula for like an overcome shit sports movie is just very hard to fuck up. It's it's. <laughs> It, it's a feel-good movie. Um, like I said, a, a budding cast that grew, grew, ah, that went on to do a lot of amazing things. Um, and the the chants and the, the singing and the just the energy of that movie it still holds up. So definitely one of my favorites. I think me, Yusef, and Jason are about to have the same top two. Uh, but my, uh, my, yeah, I, I think my, so too. My, uh, <laughs> my number three is Malcolm X. Um, I mean, both of those guys said a lot, but growing up, like, I mean, I knew about Malcolm X, but after that, I felt like whenever I would think about Malcolm X, I would th- visually think about Denzel. 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 Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, uh, and 
you know, it, it actually made me like do a lot more research about it as a kid. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I always thought of him as a, uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess going back also, I mean, it goes back into comic books. Like he, uh, he and I felt like Malcolm X was like the Magneto and Martin Luther was like the professor X of, and so yeah, I always like, sure. yeah, really yeah. that and I was like, wow, this is a really interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so my, that, that that's a good choice. And I feel like it's funny. Cause I feel like I said, I thought our choices were going to be very different, but I feel like we're kind of inter like they're interlapping. We, we, overlapping all, we, all have, yeah. we, we all have the same number one. I think we know. I, I, I have a feeling. Have the same one. <laughs> you probably just so. say why we, why we all made it number one. <laughs> yeah. Like a specific yeah. scene or something to make it like worthwhile. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. um, so, well, so my number three uh, is in that, um, that Denzel archetype that's, you know, amazing at his job but his personal life is in fucking shambles and my number three is man on fire mm-hmm. um it's a well it's one of it's um a tony scott movie so i feel like mm-hmm. we had ridley scott number four and i have a tony scott movie as my number three but man on fire was it's funny it's one of those movies that i didn't learn to appreciate until it was on dvd i saw it in theaters and I was like, I feel like I was so distracted by that Tony Scott style. Remember that style, which was like super saturated colors and the editing yeah. was all weird and shit. It was like a, I feel like that era had that, his movies like that. It was that. Deja Vu is also a Tony Scott movie. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Another, yeah. And like, he has that style, like Domino, I feel like Domino, Deja Vu, Man on Fire. And I think Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. I think this yeah. was all like, they were all that style. And I remember like being sort of distracted by the style of it. But it wasn't until like I was watching it on like DVD when I was like, you know, when I got it on DVD that I learned to appreciate like the character and the story and the struggle that he was going through. And it's honestly like such an amazing portrayal of like this guy who just like he's like, I don't give a fuck about my life, but I care about this kid, which I'm going to do everything in my power. Like it was I think this came out around the same time as Taken, too. I think Taken came out in 04 um, as well. And I feel like it was just that era of like older actor, you know, just using his like using his like instinct and skills to really like break bring down a bunch of bad guys. So um, seeing him in this kind of action role was great. And I think that's one of my top top three Denzel. So that's my number three. You know, nice. uh, we're up to number two. So, Jason, what is your yeah. number two? Jake Shuttlesworth. He got guys. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're all about to have a fucking sex. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. That we're was definitely not. Bro, we're that, the same one. That's LeVar Ball before LeVar Ball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, man. He set, the, he set the blueprint. Like, yep. aside from the whole, you know, killing of the white thing. And that's another damn movie where you don't root for him. But in the end, you're like, at some point in the movie, I found myself being mad at Ray Allen. I'm like, yo, man, give him a chance, dude. Like, <laughs> right. I'm like, you think you're like, wait a minute. I remember what he did. I don't like him. But then, like, <laughs> you just kind of, he does these, like, he brings humanity into these roles so well. Like, when he was doing stuff with the hooker, like, how he humanized that whole connection with a, with a, with a woman of the night. Like, yeah. Mila Jovovich. I think, was it straight up? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, 
just the basketball scenes, like those were hard, dog. Well, okay. that was like, I love how they shot those too. They were just so beautiful. Like, you know what I'm saying? That that was harder than fucking um, flip. You know, that was harder than above the rim. But uh, yeah, so I, I I'm giving that to uh, Jake Shuttlesworth. Very nice. That that movie. Honestly, like a lot of those scenes where they're showing a lot of like the basketball scenes and showing players and like these sort of like still life shots that Spike Lee does. I literally have screen grabs of those for like whenever I have to pitch anything. It's like one of those things where I'm like, I want to shoot some basketball scenes like this. It's such a well shot. Like you could see the love of basketball and just kind of like that grit of like a young player coming from nothing kind of thing. Like, I love the style of it and how it looks, but his character work is, like, incredible in that, too. Like, yeah. Additionally, that, um, his recruiting trip, his, his college recruiting trip, mm-hmm. I, that's definitely, that's definitely a thing, but that's for another episode. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gonna be a special episode of Nerds <laughs> at the Cool Table. <laughs> Both. <laughs> a 30 for 30. Very nice. Um, all right, so Yusef, what's your number two? My number two, um, my number two took the place of American Gangster in my top five. I originally wanted to have American Gangster, but I realized that I love the Jay Z album more than I love the movie. I do really like the movie, but I think I had to knock it out a just to keep our lists interesting, mm-hmm. um, so that we don't all just do like greatest hits, mm-hmm. and b because I truly love certain archetypes in film which two of them are grandiose twists and bank heists. So I had to do inside man, um, for my number two. Um, those are just some of my favorite types of movies, Clive Owen, um, and Denzel. And I think the big reveal that he was in the vault the whole time, like, I I think it's a, it's a fun movie. And so I, I had to give another Spike Lee joint, my number two spot. That's a that's like you're right. That's one of that's a good heist movie. That's another top five. It should be like a, our top five heist films because that oh, right sure. there is like another unique. That's one of my favorite genres. Yeah, come on, y'all know what number one of a heist film is gonna be. We gotta stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to talk about it. That's what we're doing. For sure, it for sure. They for might sure. be the same, but fuck it, we could talk about it all day. But no, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Like we've, I feel like in our list so far, I've seen, we have a lot of like Ridley Scott and Tony Scott movies and Spike Lee movies. And that's one of the things about Denzel that I find interesting is like, you could tell with what directors he really shines with. And it's mm-hmm. clear that he, he, obviously he shines incredible with Spike Lee, Spike Lee. For sure. He knows direct directors and leading, leading actors tend to go in like the power couple range, whether it's yeah. like Scorsese and Leo or like certain people just work yeah. really well together. And I think Spike is one of those dudes that like, it's easy to kind of make a satire of what a Spike Lee film looks like yeah. while forgetting that there's so much range in what a Spike Lee film can be. Exactly. It's one of those things where like you mentioned Inside Man and like that movie is done, even though it is a Spike Lee joint, it's so different than what people like, assume like a Spike Man, Lee movie. Exactly. I feel like Inside Man <laughs> falls in that era of Denzel with like Man on Fire, uh, all the ones you guys were talking about. Yeah. Um, Deja vu, like that era. Like it was right a mid mid two thousands. It was mid two mid two thousands, like right before we have our current Denzel. So I think Inside Man like sits with those and and kind of hangs with them very well. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, David, how do you feel? What's number two look like? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's Julian. Oh, sorry, Julian. Julian, what's uh, number two? Yeah, uh, same as Jason. Uh, what? Yeah, uh, he got game. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jason said a lot of the points that I was gonna actually make. <laughs> 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 but if I could think of some other points, I think some of my favorite scenes, even though, I mean, Denzel did, he he he, he made a character that you probably shouldn't like and just mm-hmm. choose somebody that just like, oh, you kind of feel bad for him. But I think I just like that movie as regardless, even if he, without Denzel, I think one of my favorite scenes is like, uh, Ray Allen checking out college, and yeah. I just thought that that whole that whole <laughs> ordeal was just like hilarious and like yeah. funny, like especially because Rick Fox and it was yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah yeah that's a thing bro. that's a thing yeah <laughs> you want to bless us with an anecdote Jason at one point <laughs> no so what happens is on your recruiting trip is you get paired it depends on like how good you are you get paired up with the if you're paired up with a superstar then you're about to have the time of your, you're about to have a hell of a weekend because they really want to sign you. Yeah. What happens with that superstar is usually Jersey Chasers over there, which, which mm-hmm. people call them groupies, you know? Right. And you right. go to a dorm and, like, you know, you, you leave your dad one night and you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to hang out with the boys. And you show up at a dorm and it's like 15 shorties in there and it's like six teammates and they're just like, hey, you should really come to Fresno State. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I love how specific that was. You should come to Fresno State. <laughs> I, I can tell you I can tell you guys academia scholarships are very different. This yeah. That happened. That's how, that's how my work. So I, I just thought it was interesting to see that on, on film. Like it was That's funny. Also, yeah, the basketball the basketball scenes were felt were shot really well. I love the the one-on-one match at the end with him and his dad, I thought that was really good. For sure. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a big scene on where you kind of want Denzel, you slightly want him to win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I agree. Right? You kind of want him to win a little bit. Like, damn, like, beat your son. Like, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys, so I feel like a lot of the movies that we've picked and a lot of the characters that he's played, it falls into that character, that, that category of like, we just want him to win. Do you think that comes from his portrayal or do you feel like it comes from the Denzel, the person, the one that we know, like Denzel, the celebrity, the household name. Do you think it comes from that familiarity? It's like anytime, for example, like anytime Tom Hanks is in a movie, you want him to win. Cause he always plays a good guy, but like because of the familiarity, you're just kind of like, yeah, that's my guy. Do you think it comes from Denzel no, being bigger I, than his name or the character? I, I think it's, it's the, it's mostly the acting because okay. I think if you really, if you really think about Denzel, he's one of the the good actors that doesn't give us much of himself. Like there's a, there's a few good um, interviews where you kind of get to meet him that are that are circling around. But for the most part, he is an embodiment of different characters. And I think he we tend to not really know who Denzel is, which is what great actors do. Yeah, they they try to not let their personality overshadow roles, and I yeah. think that's that's something he does really well. Yeah, yeah. that's a great analogy. Yeah, um, it's also a very like classic, like it's that generation, like yeah. the generation prior that they're kind of like don't give too much of themselves kind of thing that are that don't aren't on social media type shit. For you know? sure, and I think the yeah. class probably I wouldn't say right after him, but maybe 
two graduating actor classes after him. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and I'm not just dissing them for the sake of dissing them, but I do think the pursuit of superstardom has overshadowed the pursuit of acting mm-hmm. in a yeah. way where, where, we're not i mean there's a few there's definitely yeah. a few that still that still have that that train of thought but i think it's a rare thing right now yeah um so my number two um so guys you, you guys got to remember too like after our one you got to have a, a wild card which we oh, i'm got, sure we I all got, do. I got um, my wild card. so number two it's a movie we already talked about and it's flight it's that yeah. uh so it's it's higher up on my list uh, because yeah, it's that scumbag Denzel who's good at his job and just like his life is in shambles, uh, archetype. And, um, yeah, that, like, like we've said before, you just want him to win. Like you want him to get away with it. Like at that, that very pivotal scene at the end when he's like speaking in front of that sort of panel or those people are just asking him these questions. You just want him to just like, just get away with it. You can get away with it. And he's just like, nah. And you, you understand that it's the right thing to do, but like you said, you're rooting for him the entire time. You know, you want him to to get away with it, but at the same time, you want him to transcend and be better than he was. So, um, and that open, you can't, you can't like that opening scene with the, him flipping the plane upside down, like iconic already. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's my number two film. Um, so we've gotten right, to the on point the, on the count of three. Do we say our number one? <laughs> Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. Huh? You think you can do this shit? Jay! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. That's right. Shit. I don't fuck. I'm winning anyway. I'm winning. I'm winning any motherfucking way. I can't lose. Shit, you can shoot me, but you can't kill me. Training day, training day. If you were if you are unsure, you're silly. You're being silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you've been listening to this show this entire time, you would assume. Yeah. He finally yeah. got from like opening credits to to ending to when he took his last breath. My man was speaking Spanish fluently to the point where I was fluently. Like, Hold on, bro. When did you learn Spanish on us? Like, when did you? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, damn, man. Like, just the way he was so cool. Like, you could tell that I was the cop too. Like, the cop that had been in the club with us. He would have been Alonzo. Would have been in the clubs at Julian's table. Yeah. I would have left. You know, I do drugs. And then, <laughs> why, why do you? Why do you? Why do you guys? This is a small tangent. Why do you guys think? Uh, what's his name's career got so weird after that? Ethan uh, Hawke. Ethan Hawke. What What is with him? Where 
what it uh, it's funny you see these like clickbait ads for like buzzfeed where it's like top five actors who you don't know what happened to them or why they were about to be superstars but then they couldn't or so i feel like did he piss somebody off did he get blacklisted did he uh, i don't i don't think so it's like i feel like i feel like I mean, I'm trying. I'm looking at his thing, and it's Bro, just he, like he's zig, he zig when he should have zag. He's, yeah, he's zig. Picking script is a thing, man. That's true. But he it's, he was leading guy for a while. He disappears and comes back as a fucking werewolf on Penny Dreadful. Like who hurt? Yeah. Who'd you hurt? But he was also in uh, that movie where they filmed that kid. Until he was came became an adult. What was that movie? Boyhood. 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 Yeah, he it got like, filmed over like the course of like ten years or something. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean, he was. That's that where he was. <laughs> he was working on a movie. Yeah, for ten years. We've been there, bro. Commitment. Uh, well, like I'm looking at his stuff. I mean, he did the thing is like he did do like a couple of horror films. Like he was doing he was doing like bit parts. Like he did Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, he was in that Before Sunset sunrise before midnight trilogy like he does he, he does like work here and there yeah exactly you know what i mean and he did another film um uh i think it was like another crime movie called brooklyn's finest i think that was like by the yep, same writer training day and stuff yep, like that yep, yep. so i don't really think his stuff was i don't think he like went in a weird direction i just feel like he became like a working actor i feel like yeah. i feel like it was one of those things where like family took over and like he decided you know what i mean like all right, all right. I was just yeah. curious. I, I yeah. feel like he was he was kind of yeah. slated to be one of those guys, and then I, yeah. I don't know what happened. You but. know who? You know who? That what that we what that just made me think of was like I was just rewatching Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I started to think I'm like, how did Matthew Broderick go from like the coolest kid in the '80s to this like yeah. real like his roles became like this like really like meek, very weak type characters or whatever? Like how yeah, did that? Yeah. Where was that transition? You know what I mean? Um, so it, it just say, makes. I'm saying, I'm saying, cable guy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I don't know. It is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, like I mean, cable guy. I, I love cable guy. Cable guy's great. Uh, um, I think. Yeah, I think Jason said something good where he was like, picking scripts is a thing, and I think whether whether you're putting albums out or whether you're putting clo- fashion seasons out or whether you're putting picking films and putting out yeah. films. Um, yeah. I think to have a long career is not easy. Yeah. And so when you when you think about, um, so it's because I was watching the battle today of like Luda and Nelly, and we, we won't get too deep into that. That was very silly, but they have such crazy twenty year careers. Yeah. And I think as, for actors to be able to go that long and to be able to keep banging out hits, and to think about how many parts of a movie there are. Yeah, the directing to the writing, all these things have to work for you to have a good movie, which makes people like Denzel so unicorn esque. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing the thing with Denzel is that I like I was doing a bit of research, but Denzel did the thing where like for example, like some actors go the indie route, like Ethan Hawke did, like he was doing big movies. Denzel went back to the theater, like yeah. in the early in the early two thousands. He just like he was doing these crazy action movies, but he went back to the theater, started doing more theater work in a way to almost like, I feel like I like when actors do that, when like they pivot or even artists in general, when they pivot to something else in order to sort of refresh their sort of love to what they were doing before and come back kind of thing. Um, And I think that's kind of give, you know, that's that longevity that I feel like myself thinking about now as an artist, you know? So like Denzel did that. He went to the theater, came back, you know, and just, 
So I feel like a lot of actors kind of make good choices, I guess, when it comes to that. So they stay relevant, you know? There's another thing about Training Days. As bad as he was, man, damn it, I wanted him to get out at the end. Yeah. I didn't want him to get clapped by the Russians, man. I was like, let him escape, man. Let him just go to Cancun somewhere, man. Just with even as with her fine ass. Oh, my you know, God. Oh my you, know God. What, you know what Training Day did for me as, a, as somebody that was born and raised in L.A.? It showed me a side of L.A. that I was like, oh, I didn't know this existed in my hometown. Like, I didn't know that it was I knew there was gangsters and shit. I knew that was but I didn't know that, like, there was a possibility of like this just deeper, deeper underbelly of Los Angeles. And I I mean, I was like 14 when I saw it. So, I mean, like, but it did open my eyes to that kind of shit. You know what I mean? For sure. On that side. And and my uh, my aunt Lorraine, who lived in Baldwin Hills, lived just above the jungles. And and, uh, Tyrone Griffin used to live on Nicolay. So I used to go ride bikes with Ty over there. Yeah. Um, It's, what do you, do you, do you feel like Training Day is, I feel like we're so far removed from that film now because it came out in 2001. So it's almost 20 years. Um, Do you feel like now that lies in an, in like a weird time capsule like movies like boys in the hood do like i feel like that la doesn't exist anymore do you or do you feel like there's still aspects of it that i don't know i don't know what do you guys think just like just like the same la from colors doesn't exist like the same la from takers doesn't exist there's just a lot of that's what you you love about the beauty of film in la like the la and the big Lebowski no longer exist yeah Yeah. takers you said takers yeah it doesn't the downtown ain't like that no more Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just I didn't think of that as a this this is the this is the Paul Walker hey, takers, like right? The, the TI takers. Oh, God, God. Is that with, with Chris Brown? That's what we're talking about. The Hayden Christensen hey, takers. Hey, hey, that movie was not bad. Y'all gonna say takers is bad? No, I wouldn't say it was bad, bad, but I'm not. I just I just wouldn't. That's not a movie. I would just add like. I'm thinking about LA. LA, LA, LA is like a backdrop. There's like. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Fuck all you niggas. Um, <laughs> it, it caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. But no, nah, it's definitely... It's, it's, that it's, ending it's, sucked, by the way. I didn't like the, how that movie ended. Take no, I, don't even, I don't even remember how it ended. I was, the, I was so disappointed. Yeah, the, the thing that pissed me off was how Chris Brown was like a parkour specialist and this nigga couldn't escape getting clapped, you know, at the end. Like, you could jump over. You're, you're basically fucking R&B Spider-Man. And he gonna <laughs> so, like, Yo, he had Spider-Man that. I remember he had that music video where he did some Spider-Man shit. Where he was like climbing and dancing on walls and shit. I mean, yep. I think yeah. it was Chris Brown, and I don't know. That's, it was like, that's, a, lot of, that's a lot of Chris Brown videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he been wanting to be a superhero, but he keep fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, right. um, let's move on yeah. from that. So I, back, I think, back to Training Day. Back to Training Day. Why do you guys feel? Training. Why do you guys feel like this is? Across the board, our number one Denzel film. What? What do you? I think it goes back to kind of what I was saying. Uh, from my fifth pick is just when a when an actor goes and does something completely. Because at that point, when that movie came out, we, Denzel was doing what Denzel was kind of good at playing the good guy, playing that type of character. We've never seen him play like a villain, like a really really bad guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. I think that's why, like, I was like, this is like something very unrecognizable for for Denzel Washington. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think I think growing up in LA, like we said, the 
the backdrop was very real for me. And like, especially the two main neighborhoods that were used for that film were neighborhoods I, I was very familiar with. So I think that was my, it was strange to see like proximity wise, how they portrayed that. But secondly, not only was Denzel, we weren't used to that, to him being that bad guy. We weren't used to that type of bad guy. So yeah. writing wise, a lead character in the driver's seat is like on some, and I hate to like even compare them, but like on some Scarface shit where you're really just watching the bad guy throughout the film. And then the good guy's an almost ancillary character. Uh, yeah. Scarface. We'll get to that. Yeah. All um, right. Um, David. I, yeah. It, that was my number one as well. And I feel like it's, like I was, like I said, it's it. It gave me. It was honestly the first movie that I bought on bootleg because I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to go see it. You know, I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. It was the first movie I bought on bootleg with my own money. And despite how dark the fucking quality was of this yeah. movie, it was just such a raw look of LA that I was like, I've been to those places. I've driven by. Mm-hmm. I've I've visited family friends that live around there. I didn't know it was that raw. I didn't know that it, you know what I mean? And it was just like, but I feel like it wasn't so much the day-to-day stuff or the the crime. It was more so like the police stuff. Like yeah. all you saw was like, you know, the black and whites and that's it. You know, you didn't know how deep that corruption was, but that scene and in this scene, the scene where um, he goes to uh Pacific dining car to meet mm-hmm. up with those, those, the, the heads or whatever that, I didn't understand that movie until I was, I didn't understand that scene until I was an adult. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't understand. Like I was that innocent, you know, in my head that I was just like, what is it that they're doing? And I didn't realize that they were, they were telling him like, yo, we can't get you out of this mess. Like you're going to have to figure it out yourself and shit. And like, so that movie is one of those movies that I've grown up with and like learned more and more. And now as a full adult, like I can, It's all good. It's all good. It's loud as fuck in my ears. That's why I distracted me. Um, But like I was saying, like, it's one of those like things that now as an adult, I'm like, oh, you start to notice more nuanced things in the acting, in the Mm -hmm. acting and like the the, the looks that somebody gives who like you understand, oh, this is why this happened later on in the film. And as a screenwriter, I start to pick those things up a little bit more now. But it's, you know, it's a movie that I've appreciated over, you know, the, you know, over the years as like one of my, it's even like one of my favorite LA films, you know, like I feel like, uh, you know, training day and collateral. I almost feel like in my head in the, in universe, they take place in the same universe. You know what I mean? Like the the events of collateral happen like the day before training day, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's how LA those movies are because it's like, they're driving around. I'm like, Oh yeah, they're driving down this way. And now they're going to turn on this street and they take such good care of like, okay, this street is here. You can't shoot the, you know what I mean? Like it, you could could see the care as somebody who's from here, you know? And that's what I, that's one of the reasons I like the film as well, because the care that they took in showing LA, you know? Going back to what Jay, not Jason, uh, David was saying, um, yeah, in 2001, I had no idea what getting, uh, what he was talking about, getting uh, your ish pushed in. I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, that, that that whole scene with them like on him in the bathtub, and then they find out he saved her his cousin, 
and they called him and he was like, it's your lucky day. I said like that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So well done. It, it's yeah. one of those things where like, you know, now as an adult looking back, I'm like, I have been in situations with fucking essays where you don't know if like they're really joking or they're going to like yeah. jump you in the back. Like that, that's what, that's one of my favorite, uh, it's the um, the good fellas, like the funny how, like someone yeah. who's dangerous, yeah. yeah, joking with you is one of the best dynamics in film because yeah. it's it's a true like it can go either way. Yeah, yeah. Try having lunch with UFC fighters. That's exactly how it is. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how that shit is. Yeah. Speaking of the, the it's so funny. Cliff Curtis played that that Vato, and he's actually. Um, yeah, a yeah. fucking he's, he's like a New Zealander. He, he, yeah, yeah, he's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which is he's Maori. Talk, talk about rain, bro. Right. Yeah, great. You know what? He's, he's an incredible he actor. Sounds like Taika. He talks like Taika. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also played. You know, it's funny. I was actually just rewatching this a few weeks ago, but he played Pablo Escobar in Blow. Yeah. Yeah, which was a hilarious casting if you think about it now. Range. Yeah. Wait, who played Pablo Escobar in Blow? Cliff um, Curtis, the, the the main Curtis. essay from. Oh, you know who's also in the main the main essay. Also, he's he was in a the first season of uh, uh, what was the spinoff of Fucking Dead? Yeah, the, he was like the dad in that. Yeah, yeah. 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 For like yeah. the whole time, I was like, where have I seen this dude before? Yeah. <laughs> I try to get into it. The homie Maestro was on the like the first two episodes, and then he died, and then I was like, yeah, right. Maestro. Yep. I was like, all right, that's it for me. Maestro, yeah. what up? I can't huh? remember. I forgot. Someone else I know was in the first, the, but it doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, next. We all do right. that. Wild, wild card movies. Jason, how you feeling? Um, wild card movies. I would give that to Philadelphia. Nice. Good choice. Good choice. Philadelphia, man. Um, that was... It was 1992. That was Tom Hanks was his HIV positive and he got fired and he went to Denzel played a homophobic uh, attorney who obviously had like the the Denzel growth throughout the movie. It's actually a really really good film. If you uh, yeah. up some, I would definitely recommend watching if you haven't seen it yet. Just to have in your in your film library, just to yeah to kind of have that but that that was one of my on the cusp I was like when I was making my list I was like man he was really good in Philadelphia but the, the yeah, top yeah. the top five were just something that we're going to talk about forever but I don't want to discredit what he did with Tom Hanks you know yep. yeah agreed yeah incredible movie yeah it was really good really good and you know it's it kind of it's kind of funny like kind of looking back at his catalog I was like going through like listen I was like there's so many movies that as a kid I knew existed but never watched because I was too young. So it's always fun to revisit those things now as a full-on adult and understanding why this was good and, that, you know, why this movie was a bad choice and stuff, you know. So um, Philadelphia is one of those movies that I still have to revisit. I remember my parents had it on VHS, and I never watched it because I was too young. But it's Great one of those movie. movies I've been meaning to revisit as an adult, you know. So good choice. Great on that. movie. And, and in that era of, like, courtroom drama. Like, I, I yeah. love that, that type of film. Yeah. Um, so great choice. I'm glad somebody picked that one. Yeah. Um, my wild card was actually a flop of a movie. Um, mm. It didn't do do it didn't do too well, but it is one of my favorite genres, which is film noir. Um, so I have to go with Devil in a Blue Dress. 
Um, absolutely love that movie. Don Cheadle bodied it. Many people say he stole the show. I don't know how early in his career that was, but those types of movies. And it's set in L.A. in the late 40s. So 90, yeah. It was in 95. It was in 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was set in. 40s, yeah, yeah. That, the year yeah. the movie came out was 95. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. And I love film noir. I love those kind of gumshoe PI whodunit type joints. Um, yeah. And Denzel killed it. Yeah, he was on the precipice of being like a jazz film detective du jour in the 90s. Yeah. He quickly pivoted. He was like, hold on. I'm much which more. Is, <laughs> which is great, which is great for his career, but I'm I love that type of film. So yeah. glad he got to give us a few of them. I'm uh, trying to I'm trying to go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, uh, I'll get my, to that after. My uh wild card film has already been spoken about. Remember the Titans. Um I mean, I like a good sports movie sometimes, especially in that time. I think that was what mid two thousands. There was like a lot of mm-hmm. good sports movies. So, yeah, remember sure. better ones for me. Yeah, um, my wild card film is a legendary Christmas classic known as the preacher's <laughs> the preacher's wife. <laughs> I it came out in ninety six, so I was like ten I years it. old. Nine, I and I, I've talked about this like nineteen ninety six has it's like one of the best year of movies um but i remember really wanting to see this movie i went to see it in the theaters and i thought it was great like <laughs> it's whitney houston denzel washington um great soundtrack <laughs> yeah courtney b vance is in it whitney houston has that great song in it like you know denzel for those that don't know denzel washington plays an angel who comes down to earth to try to remind um, you know, a preacher, why he, you know, the preacher who's losing his faith, right? But what ends up happening is that the angel kind of sort of starts falling in love with the preacher's wife a little bit. Like they kind of hint at it. Strange synopsis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a way, um, who happens to be Whitney Houston. And um, yeah. it's that very, um, what's what's the what's the terminology? But it's like... Um, weird? No, not weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, it's like this, it's a literary term, but it's like a fantasy type thing um, where like it's it's set in the real world, but it's fantasy. But there's a lot of these very classic movie tropes of like this otherworldly figure kind of uh, adjusting to the world and like mm-hmm. not fitting in. So I, it's prime family movie. So it was like, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. I really liked it. And it's like such a classic for me. It. Yeah. So and Denzel plays is wholesome. He's like. We've yeah. been talking about all these movies where Denzel plays a terrible person and he's literally an angel sent from God in this movie. So that is my wild card Denzel movie. Just, just say my, my other wild card would have been uh, great debaters. Cause I like that movie too. Good movie. That's Was good. there, were there any movies that you guys came across during your research that you've never heard of? Because there's one that stood out to me a lot. Um, There was, I mean, I'm sure there's some titles in there. Not so, not so much that I didn't know of, but I that I'd forgotten about, like Virtuosity. I had Virtuosity, forgotten. I remember. It was like a sci-fi virtual reality type movie. Uh, it was like came out in '95. It's like, yeah, it's like about a serial killer, like who escapes, you know, in virtual reality, who escapes into the real world. And I remember seeing. I was like, oh, I remember this name, but I don't remember yeah. the movie. Um, that was one of them. I have the Mancurian candidate playing in the back, yeah. which is like, it's like one of my other wild cards, but not so yeah. much that I wanted to talk about it. Um, but it's a great, great adaptation. Um, yeah. My, if, if we're 
since we're doing, I don't want to go too deep into it, but since we're doing yeah. other wild cards, the, the George McKenna story about the principal at Washington Prep. I, I just like LA-based movies. Yeah. But the one movie that I've never heard of, it was called Heart Condition. And it was about Denzel was a ghost of a lawyer and it was a buddy cop comedy. And I said, what the fuck is all of that? I'm looking and at it right now, yeah. I've, I've never even the picture the the cover looked like like a Danny DeVito and Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger movie like he's like leaning on him Bob like, Hoskins how? is in it yeah yeah Bob that Hoskins awesome. and I said how did I miss what year was that how did I miss this 1990 I guess that I was too young but that looks I gotta find that that looks insane yeah my god it looks yeah it's a very it's a very like early 90s type of like yeah, like um, odd couple type of movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Denzel. Hooray, man. Shout out to Denzel, man. Stay alive. Please keep doing what you're doing. Don't die, nigga. Not in 2020 yet. You know, it's crazy. He, I, why I, would you say that? I'm just saying. I'm, um, I'm just putting it out there. Like, please don't die this year, man. Hold off for a minute. You know what's crazy? I was like looking up to see what his latest project was, and he hasn't been in a movie since. 2018 which is the equalizer 2 and he's currently he's actually currently doing or he's not even doing it it's been announced he's going to play lord macbeth in an adaptation of macbeth in 2021 so who knows if that's coming well he he was doing shakespeare in the park for a while that's um, right during during his theater stint so yeah i I think that's going to be dope for him um i I love when actors do that and you guys want him to be mag negro so he might be i I don't yeah it does (laughs) all right so <laughs> shout out to denzel thank you for all the work that you've done amazing so let's move on to we're going to move on to news bites. So I just kind of decided to separate the sections a little bit. So we're into news bites, but let's talk about the trail two trailers that have come out in the past two few weeks. Uh, the first, them. you didn't watch any of them. No, I saw one. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see the Lovecraft one, but I saw the other. Oh, uh, the Lo- the Lovecraft one. I'm so excited about. Talk about it, Yusuf. I want to hear you talk. Man, about it. I, I think to to take. I, I love that people are going, they're trying to find new genres. I, I think it's dope that that new genres are kind of merging together. And I think to take history and sci-fi is one of my favorite combinations. Um, so this is kind of the Jim Crow South with monsters, which, I mean, need I, need I say more? Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. I'm now. I'm like, damn! I should have watched it's, that. Show. It's to it's, it's a I I I kind of forgot a little bit of the premise of the trailer, but it's a couple trying to get through the Jim Crow South. Um, but oh, Jordan like, Peele joint, right? It's a Jordan Peele joint. Which I mean, shout out to Jordan Peele, man! Really, really pushing and pushing and reshaping things. And like, I uh, I was watching an interview. Um, with a friend of a friend named Selwyn Hines, who was one of the writers on the new Twilight Zone. And he was talking, and I, I've never seen any of the new episodes, and he was talking about Jordan's influence and, and how he's writing in some of those. And it's really, really incredible where his mind is and, and where he wants to 
to aggregate and really take film and storytelling. So I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. Let me see if I can screen share this so Jason can look at it. I'll watch okay. it. I'll watch it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll all check. Right. I haven't right. seen it. <laughs> all right, fine. Of course not. I'm trying to get all fancy here. Yeah, um, so the next the next trailer up is, do you guys see the Space Force trailer, which is the new Steve Carell, Greg Daniels comedy uh, for Netflix, which is the team that obviously did The Office. And now they're doing yeah. sort of like their own Netflix series, um, I guess, parodying um donald trump not not so much number 45 but like the new military branch that he created which as ridiculous and it is as ridiculous as it sounds it's just like um, it's very real yeah it's very real so um it's a it's it's a netflix comedy looks fucking hilarious it actually i'm actually surprised of steve carell's portrayal i thought he was going to do another sort of michael scott where it was going to be this Mm -hmm. bumbling fool but he plays like this competent kind of guy who's a little awkward but like he's smart kind of thing uh, kind of leading yeah. this new sort of branch of the military uh, which is a joke pr- pretty much because everybody thinks it's a fucking joke like um but it looks great i'm actually excited to see that and you know yeah, i didn't really get anything too much from it but i will say rest in peace uh rest in peace to uh fred willard he just oh away. yes yes and i saw that he is in that show yes yeah. that's right so, uh, he's funny, man. He's, yeah, he, he was really funny. He's been in so many movies. So many, man. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really, uh, I, I'll probably check out an episode or two. I didn't really, it didn't really grab me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to be funnier than Dave. So, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like Ju- this Julian wants to gonna... be on, Julian wants to be on Dave. That's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julian was paid today by FX Networks. <laughs> joke, this joke is gonna make me not like Dave. <laughs> like I feel like I went from just going, oh, it's okay, it's kind of upper mid. Like I, I probably give Dave like a six and a half, seven out of ten. But Julian insisting that it's an eleven is gonna make me give it a fucking two. Like <laughs> watch the Emmy if we get one of those this year or next. What you said? Watch he's not getting it. It'll be a it'll be virtual. He's not getting it at me. <laughs> No, 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 nothing about that show is getting it at me. Stop. What's the other one? That, what's the other uh, one? TV award show? Golden Globe. Uh, Golden Globes. Globes. How do we get a Golden Globe? <laughs> it's, it's it's not getting none of that shit. Speaking, well, speaking, speaking of actually speaking that of shit's like, gonna get a source show. award. <laughs> but speaking of comedy shows, I didn't even put this on there, but they released. I don't, it wasn't even a trailer. I think it was a clip of the show Rami, uh, mm. which is on Hulu as well. And they gave a glimpse of, because I guess the big news of that show that in season two, Mahershala Ali is going to be in it. And they had a clip of like Rami Youssef talking and Mahershala Ali uh, Mm -hmm. uh, in it. And he looks great. I mean, it looks like Mahershala Ali, but it's, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that show. I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. Um, So moving on, let's move on to these news bites. Um, First up on the list is the big news this week that has divided a lot of people. And I'm on one side of the fence. Jason's on another side of the fence on this. But it got announced that uh, Luca Guadagino, uh, uh, the Italian director, is going to direct the Scarface reboot uh, from a script that's been, that was written by, Joel, by the Coen brothers, essentially. Um, and it's supposed to be set... It doesn't say exactly when it's going to be set, but 
it was big news. And as somebody who had a full size Scarface <laughs> poster in like that took up half of my wall in college and has has owned every version of Scarface on media, I am actually intrigued by this directing choice. And I'm very intrigued by these right by this writing choice. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the but the benefit of the doubt, because I'm really curious to see what they do with this adaptation. I so Jason, what what <laughs> Jason wants to throw a Molotov cocktail? What's, it, what's your this. beef? What's your what's beef, your beef with this? What Scarface story are you gonna tell in this day and age now as a reboot? Like, what is he gonna be pushing? Is he gonna be pushing MDMA? Like, <laughs> like what is he like? What 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 really like? Yeah. That whole the whole the crux of the movie why we all love it so much is for the the firefight at the end where he was just guns blazing. A ring would pick up anybody super quick. He'd be like, hey, who's outside, man? What? Oh, man. Blow his ass up. I'm I'm not going to say I'm for the movie, but Jason, what if the movie is still taking place in the 70s? It's going to be set in L.A. That's what it says. But it doesn't say what year. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the it's a story that they've been tossing around for years. He's gonna be a kingpin of a Mexican cartel, and there's gonna be the whole he's gonna be the Scarface of the Mexican cartel, and everyone's gonna hate it. And Universal's <laughs> Universal's gonna realize that they fucked up a property that they should have just left. There's certain things that need to be left alone. You know, there's certain things that could get like an HD resprite, like. I love Monster Squad. Case in point, if they were to do a remake of the Monster Squad, I wouldn't hate it so much because that'll be for a whole new generation of kids. Scarface? Nah. Scar- no. That was encapsulated right. in that time. And I think that goes the same thing with, like, if they redid Back to the Future. I don't think that movie, those should ever be redone. Like, well, the, here, here's the thing with Scarface. Yeah, yeah. It, this, the, this would be the third reboot of it because it, yeah, the movie yeah. came out in 1932, which was talking about prohibition. And mm-hmm. the re, the remake, obviously, that we know and love is the one that came out in 1983, which dealt with the drug war in that time. So everything has been of the time, right? And I agree with Jason. It's like, because because I like I'm the type of person that like I remember in film school I came up with a Scarface reboot idea. Like I wanted it to be like I felt like every era, every remake should have a different immigrant story because I feel like that's the aspect of it that I really liked about it. And I one of the things I always felt was that I felt like if they ever did a new reboot, it would either should be a African immigrant dealing mm-hmm. with whatever issues that happens, you know. Over the years, I assumed there was going to be like an, like a Chinese immigrant and it was going to deal with that sort of thing. So I that's the the story aspect that I always like re, that really resonated with me. I was like, how are they going to what immigrant experience are they going to show in this next one? With it being set in L.A., honestly, I'm tired of cartel movies. I'm like there's cartel <laughs> movies and series and stuff. One of the one of the thing one of the stories that I feel like they haven't really delved deep in in terms of just like story set in LA. I feel like the the crack sort of empire that happened in the 80s in LA, I don't feel like it's really been talked about. Like there was that there was that show, I think it's called like Snowfall or something on FX. Yeah. I feel like that's the closest we've gotten to some to a story like that being told. But I feel like honestly if they did that, I would be down with Snowfall's it. actually really pretty good. Snow Snowfall's good. Yeah. My ire is why call it why why use the Scarface property? Why why are we continuing to to beat a horse that that was just chilling in pasture and just enjoying its time in retirement and being 
first being critically languished when it first came out, people hated it, and then we all, everyone loved it, and it became like a piece of hip hop culture. Like Scarface is intertwined in hip hop culture forever. Um, I don't think that, and then and then like think about who, who is who is your Scarface? Who who do you think can bring that kind of like? Al Pacino <laughs> to the table, like I know, I know who can't. <laughs> no, not do I'm, that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, who? 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 So, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Well, no. I guess that that goes back to my other question. Like, do you guys feel like? Do you guys feel like he's gonna be Latino? Or you think he's gonna be black? With it being said in L.A., you can go Latino, black, even Asian. So, like, yeah, what? A Korean Scarface would be a, fire. That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. Um, I saw it. Selling ecstasy off Wilshire. <laughs> Shit, gonna be crazy. I'm about to play come, with come, come meet me at that pool hall. I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'm, those pool halls are some of the most terrifying places on earth. Bro, for <laughs> real. <laughs> um, I don't want no smoke. Yeah. Um, but going back to like the directing choice, the reason it intrigues me so much is um, this director did call me by your name and like, man, keep going with the list, brother. Let's let's keep it rocking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that movie. Okay, <laughs> uh, we, we, can, we can move on. But yeah, I'm, uh, those choices are interested. I want to see a co- like. <laughs> I love when David starts talking faster. <laughs> Try to get it. I feel like I'm being played off at an award show or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank my mama, my, my coach. <laughs> um, all right, let's move. Let's let's move on. But yes, I am intrigued by this. Great idea. A, a Coen Brothers written Scarface movie. I'm all about it. I'm. I can't wait to see what it's going to be about. Despite Jason wanting to throw a Molotov cocktail. I, I hope it doesn't get done. Moving on to, to something. <laughs> Take to it, a little bit. <laughs> Um, so New Mutants supposedly has a new release date. <laughs> yes, for Julian Disney has Plus. a lot of thoughts about that right now. <laughs> that, movie, that movie is not getting made. It's not uh, getting put out. Well, let's let's just say before this new release date, it, it, it almost got released, or it accidentally almost got released, or something yeah, like that. On streaming. On, on streaming. Yeah, it was like available for pre-order, and then they took it off. And honestly, I still feel like pre-order is like the best thing for this movie. Yeah, they're making a release date when people are still not going to want to go to the movies. So it, it's like they're August, August 28th. Yeah, they're like kind of setting this movie up for failure for, for failure. And uh, they're saying like a, a lot of movie. I feel like I just read somewhere was like a lot of movies still that this might not even be the official release date. They're also saying a lot of movies still might be getting pushed back till December, January. So, mm-hmm. so here's my take on this. Here's why it's a, it's brilliant and it's very petty on Disney's part because y'all remember how Universal was like, okay, well we don't need the release in theaters. Trolls World Tour did so well that we can just kind of have like a direct to direct to streaming market. AMC was like, fuck you, we're not gonna play your movies no more. Even yeah. risking like the Fast and Furious franchise, they put a whole public think about it. Disney's like. Hmm. We're gonna put New Mutants on streaming anyways, but let's stroke the egos of the of the movie theaters and still announce that we're gonna have a release for it. And yeah. you know, if it bombs, then hey, we we blame it on COVID. We're not gonna it's it's, <laughs> gonna, it's gonna have an asterisk by. It. And then when you release it to Disney Plus or like 
charge us 20 bucks and we inevitably all buy it, that the money's still going to be made on the film for yeah, a little bit yeah. extra from the, from the box office. So Disney creates a win-win situation for themselves by being the, the person that's stroking at, but that's like doing the, the business move. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but I, I think even with that, they're still going to take a loss because the movie, like how much did this movie cost to make? Does it, Jason or anybody? Uh, let me see. I how much? Did, like they're not never going to make that back, even with streaming. <laughs> like or nah. if you charge like I don't know if you a dub for a film, which is uh, you do lose the fact that you have multi multi people households, so like you don't get the two tickets, so you do lose that kind of that thing. But yeah. Um, it says they 60, 62 million, 62.5 million. Oh, bro, they can make that. They can make that back. Yeah. They can make that back. If it was 62 million, that's a drop in the hat. We can we can return that to them. So that's why they're really not tripping. Something like Black Widow, they put too much money into. So they're like, hold yeah. up now. We've put marketing into this. We've, we've yeah. got partnerships. Like New Mutants was like, here's a dark film that we might think you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, well, that's that's why they were able to do so much with it. It was because it was low budget, it was low risk. So they were like, "Let's make this like weird little story, um, and see how it goes." But I feel like it's sort of people keep calling it cursed because it was supposed to come out two years ago. Guaranteed. Um, the fact that we waited so long for it is going to be so fire. Why? Yeah, Everybody. yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm really hoping it is. Like, I actually, you know, I've been reading like the New Mutants, like here and there like throughout the lockdown and stuff and i'm actually intrigued i'm like i want to see what they i want to see if like this you know it turns out really good i think it's gonna be good it's just tired of like them pushing it back and all this yeah yeah Yeah. we all we all are but i mean i won't be in the theaters in august to see it i'm gonna wish for streaming still because i told you my theater hack just just let i told you where the, the empty joints is man it's never Go to the valley. There's nobody. Nobody's gonna be in those theaters. I'm telling you, I'm gonna start going. Once they start bringing like movies out, I'm just gonna go to the drive drive-in. I'm just going yeah. to the drive-in movies. Yeah, yeah. I I stopped caring. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully they make that date. Hopefully, we get to finally see it at the end of the summer somehow. Um, so let's move on to the next big news. Actually, that we didn't talk about. Uh, so. Tameura Morrison uh, has been cast in The Mandalorian Season 2 as Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, and or Captain Rex from Captain Clone Rex. Wars. So um, Boba Fett is who I want to see him as. Um, and I'm like excited I think, I think for that. Playing, I think he's going to end up playing both of them. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think he's going to end up playing both of them. And they've already said that a, a, Boba, Fett, uh, a Boba Fett series is in the works Yes. Yeah. Bring me that shit. Bring me the bounty runner that didn't die in that Starlight Pit, like I've been arguing with people for fucking years over. And actually, that's another reason why I've been watching Rebels so much because the Captain Rex characters in it, the Osha, o- Osa, Osha, Ahsoka, 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 She's in the show, and uh, the Sabine character who has the uh, the dark saber thing. So that's why I've kind of been watching that show because you know at the end of the mandalorian you see the dark sabers yeah. in a uh what's his name's hand uh, yeah yeah so yeah. i'm excited about that <laughs> i i know they're probably gonna show they're probably they i actually just said someone else just got added to the cast of 
Mandalorian. Uh, they just K- dead. Katie Sackhoff. Uh, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Who's yeah? He got added. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about this. I think it's I am super excited, man. I'm a Boba Fett aficionado. I'm just glad they're bringing uh, him back because I mean he did a great job as Jango Fett and like. You know, it makes sense, you know, because the whole idea is that they cloned him to make the clones. Um, mm. So it makes sense. But I'm just glad they're bringing him back, man. He's getting paid. And, you know, it's 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 going to be good to see his. I almost feel like he's going to play, you know, Boba Fett like he played Django Fett, but a little bit more like bitter and angrier. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see it. And I, I almost have a feeling we're going to see like a showdown between Boba Fett and Captain Rex. And they're going to do that whole, like, you know, twins on screen type shit, you know? So I'm, I'm excited for that casting. And it, and it kind of, you know, after we saw that one episode in the Mandalorian where, um, we see a guy walking towards a body and we hear the Boba Fett sounds, but we never see who it is. I feel like this confirms this was Boba Fett, you know, Boba Fett or like you said, it might be Rex. Yeah. I think it's Boba, man, and and I'm telling you, so the reason why, if you go back to the Mandalorian, why they focused on so much of that Beskar making, making, the, uh, making the armor, that's what saved him in the Sarlacc pit. So when he was in there, I think the Sarlacc was trying to digest him and all that Beskar, and he was able to get out of that shit and, like, crawl out. So you're going to see, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, they're definitely going to, like, enter. If they enter on the Mandalorian with, like the way that Boba got out of the Sarlacc pit, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I probably watched. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but like when the expanded universe was a big thing in the '90s, there was a, an entire comic book where it shows that Boba Fett actually escaped the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, so, so I feel like they're they're canonizing this storyline. Hopefully, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, another thing I'm uh, excited about with just talking about the Mandalorian, I, I'm excited about it more, especially after watching um, Rebels. Rebels and uh, what is it? Clone Wars. Clone Wars? Yeah. The Ahsoka the character, I'm completely like interested on what the hell she's, how she's, what part she's going to play in this because, especially in the final season of Clone Wars, it's like, yo, she was really like the star of those last yeah. four or five episodes of the season. And yeah. she, the last time you really, uh, as far as I'm in a Rebels, uh, the last time you see her in this is she's fucking fighting Darth Darth Vader so far. So I yeah. don't know if it goes up again. But. No, that's what I. That's why what makes me so excited of Rosario Dawson coming in as Ahsoka in Mandalorian because it's just like that's such a important casting choice and she's a big star. So it's like they're really, you know, they're. I feel like not unless you've been watching the series, you don't know how important of a character Ahsoka is. Right. Exactly. I feel like bringing in Rosario Dawson is going to bring her to the mainstream and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, she's the next big thing. She's going to be the next big main character, yeah. you know, along with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. You know what I mean? That's For people. You know, she's already working on her combat skills. So Disney don't play that. So she's about yeah. to, she's about to be something crazy. By the way, speaking of, have you guys been watching? I sent the link to Yusuf, but have you guys been watching the Disney Gallery uh, series? No, um, after this, I'm gonna start that. I've been that's here so good. After I'm done with Rebels, yeah, it's so good. It's like the so it's like a weekly thing. So like they just had I think episode three yesterday, and mm-hmm. it's just such a good like it, like just watching this like very deep. In a, like introspective conversation about Star Wars and the art of filmmaking, but combined in the Star Wars universe, it's it just shows why that show works so well is because there was so much love and care 
you know, taken in like creating this character and like all the actors and all the directors and the writers, like it, it, it made me feel good. It's like one of those very yeah. feel good, like making of type of shows, you know, so Wait. highly recommended. Who did you guys just say just got added to the cast of Mandalorian? This Katie Sackhoff. No, this is who I was saying. Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He just got got added to the cast of The Mandalorian, but they haven't said his who. Dude, that dude's a badass actor, too, man. That's really good. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of range, man. He's so good at Justified, like another like Western type show, but like modern. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to be cool. You guys ever seen The Crazies? No. No, but I know what you're talking about. It's like it's it was scary. like a sheriff from the crazy. This is a scary movie, but he's really good in that shit too. Yeah, I mean the other fan is just a good ass actor. So yeah, he is. He is. Disney, Disney knows what they're doing, man. Disney knows exactly what they're doing. They look like. And so- by the way, Rosario Dawson just collects franchise checks like nobody's business. Hello, oh, man. For I, sure. I'm jumping from Marvel to Star Wars. Hello. <laughs> and I guarantee you, Vin Diesel probably hit her and was like, "Hey, I need you to be Michelle's sister in the Fast and Furious franchise." So she's going to pop up in the 11th one when they're in space inevitably, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's let's, let's move on to that. So, so news from our friends at Sideshow. So big news, I mean, kind of going off of what we just said. So Sideshow just released or announced this new hot toy of Tamura Morrison as Captain Rex. Um, it's another six-scale toy, um, and it looks just like him. I mean, it, it's... It's Tamora Morrison. It's Captain Rex. So um, Sideshow has that going for $255. <laughs> yeah. You got it. all in now. Yeah. Well, Captain Rex in uh, Clone Wars, like the movie, not the show, was he in the movie? Or was, that, was, he, was he like brought in? Oh, in, in, in Attack of the Clones, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, what, he yeah. Was in- he, no, I think he's in, not in, not in Attack of the Clones. He's in... Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. He's the guy that, so when Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to that one planet, he's the one that picks up his lightsaber. Like okay. he drops it or whatever. And like, he picks it up and he's like, here you go, Captain Kenobi. And okay. then he's, then they try to shoot him down. So yes, he's in Revenge of the Sith. That's Commander Cody. Oh, it's Cody, not Rex. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. Commander Cody was the one that uh, shot down. That's right. That's right. Uh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm going to have to. I yeah. That. Okay. Sure. Um, all right, cool. moving on. So yeah, good on sideshow. Uh, that's a great. That's a great looking toy. I'm looking at it now. Um, so next piece of news. Uh, so National Treasure. There was news of National Treasure having a series in development um, at Disney Plus. Obviously. Um, what do you guys think of that? What's the, what's I'm the... with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I, I definitely. The the movies are entertaining. I like puzzles and shit like that so i'm going to check it out so I, I've, I've never seen any of the national treasure movies so <laughs> I don't know. really they're, they're never, definitely a blast I'm not big, but, I, but i'm not I big like fond it. of nicholas cage a lot so i don't yeah. like when he's a- <laughs> so yeah so, so the news of this actually supposedly comes four months after i guess disney and jerry brockheimer had announced that they're doing a national treasure three which is being written by the guy who wrote Bad Boys for Life. So the, they're going to do the sequel, and then they're going to do a series after the sequel. So, gotcha. Which I'm sure continues. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a big Nicolas Cage fan, um, but I think the National Treasure series is always fun. It's just like yeah. a fun, ner- nerdy, school history puzzle, Indiana Jones wannabe type shit. Yeah. 
All right. So moving on, moving on. Jason's falling asleep. <laughs> Last piece of news. Uh, so our boy, friend of the podcast, Jay Lee, uh, his, his movie that he shot last year got picked up by the distri- distribution company Gravitas to be released wow. June 30th. Uh, nice. So uh, his movie's called A Typical Wednesday. Um, it's a Very dark nice. comedy that he wrote, directed, and starred in. And uh, so yeah. shout out to Jay Lee. Uh, that's shout out to Jay Lee. Hey, go ahead, Jay Lee. Keep it up, bro. Jay Lee, that's dope. I'll be sure to watch that. Um, and I think that's the end of our news bites. Man, great episode. Before before it ends, before it ends, I just want to say ended twenty five minutes ago. Another show that I've been watching that just wrecked up billions. And with saying that, I just want to say that Damian oh, Lewis yeah. make the most perfect Norman Osborne ever. And they, I just want to put it out here on the chat. Just in case it actually happens. Yeah, warlock, <laughs> warlock shit, warlock hour. First yeah. of all, it it definitely will happen because Julian's right about shit like this. Yeah. Um, I agree and disagree. I agree that he would make a fantastic Norman Osborn, but I do not want Norman Osborn as the next Spider-Man villain. So I think he would be very well cast, but that's not the direction I want them to go. So I feel you, but what I would want is Norman Osborn just be a Marvel villain. Just make him yeah. the next possible, next big bad. The next bad of just everything. And I think see, that be- that doesn't feel weird to you, like to have fucking uh the wait, was he Green Goblin? Hobgoblin? Yeah, but, he, but Norman Osborn has always been like a Marvel villain. He's like for sure. He was like the leader of the Dark Avengers. He yeah, of course yeah. so I feel like that. I, I'm just putting that out. That's all I want. All right. Thank you, Norman, I'll let you put that out there. Put it on the chat or on our thing just in case it actually happens. <laughs> Believe it. Oh. Julian with cool. the Warlock Corner of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, uh, listeners, once again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. You know where to find us at Cool Table Pod, at Cool Table Podcast, cooltablepodcast.com, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, find us on um <clears throat> We're gonna, we have a Twitch channel, which hopefully we're going to do soon. Um, yeah. uh, look out for Jason's show, Multifaceted, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, find uh, Yusef and Julian on <laughs> during Demon Time. No, no, I'm not going to tell you what time. It's during Demon Time, so you'll st- people will stumble upon it. Um, oh, God. <laughs> that's a secret. Um, but yeah great show guys Uh, yeah it was great